and two, I ask you to stand if you're able tonight in the reverence of the reading of the Word of God in prayer for the message tonight. I could have went with about three different scriptures as our text verse, but uh, I believe we'll go here at Leviticus and then I'll, we'll bring up First Peter in just a moment. But uh, uh, I want to speak on this thought tonight on the holiness of God. And what the Bible says about the holiness of God and how you and I should be comparing ourselves in the way that we live. How we should also be holy in our living. Amen. Now we know our righteousness are as filthy rags. We know, Aaron, we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we should strive our best to live a holy life before others. Where people can know that we are saints of God. Right? All right. The Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number 2. The Bible says, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Let us pray today. Father in heaven, God, we do thank you, Lord. As we come to you tonight on this side of heaven, we thank you for the good testimony the good songs of Zion, the good choir practice, God. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, the name above all other names, dear Lord, that you would help us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would breathe the Holy Ghost upon us, dear God, as we speak of a thrice holy God. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be more like thee, to where we can be that shining light on top of a hill. Lord, to direct people to your path, to where they may be saved before it's everlasting too late. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. I pray that you'll undergird me with your spirit and power tonight. In Jesus' name. We humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. First of all, let me say that God is a holy God. Amen. He's not only a holy God, but He is a perfect God. You see, God could not look upon Jesus when He was dying on the cross. Christ had all the sins of the world upon Him. And God cannot stand sin. Uh, God cannot to stand sin. Uh, he he loves the sinner, but he doesn't like he doesn't like the sin that men are tied up in. Man tries to bring God down to their level, but folks, that can't happen. Uh, God wants people to come up to His level of holiness. Uh, and Peter tells us in First Peter chapter one and verse number sixteen, he says these words: "Be ye holy, for I am holy." And there in the very first part of the scripture it says, Because it is written. In other words, it's written in His Word for you and I to be holy. For God Himself is holy. He is a thrice holy God. I want us to look at His personality. For the personality of God Himself is holy. He is a perfect in His personality according to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 9. The Bible says, And being made perfect, He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. It sounds a little conditional to me. Let's read that again. And being made perfect, He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. You see, Christ was made perfect. Both God and Christ, they've always been from the beginning and always will be to the end. Man is sought to find fault in Him and in His Word, but can 
not find none. I think of Pilate as he said, I find no fault in this man. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I find no fault in Jesus either. Amen. He is a perfect God man today. And when I say God man, he is a hundred percent God and he is a hundred percent man. Amen. And I thank the Lord today that we have an opportunity to serve a thrice holy God to where we could come in and worship the Lord Jesus Christ in freedom and in spirit and in truth and know without a shadow of a doubt that our God is the true and living God. He's perfect in His personality. But let's look at that personality in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 through 8 if you will. I think they're going to have the scriptures on the screen tonight and I'll just read from there because I don't have it all written out in my notes myself tonight. But the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, which twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hands, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar." And he said it upon my mouth and said, Lo, uh, this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Uh, Then said, Here am I, send me. You see, Isaiah saw the holiness of the Lord. And notice Isaiah's words. He says, I am undone. And when we see how holy God is, is, we'll see how unholy we are. Amen. Listen, many people try to measure up themselves uh, with the preacher. Well, we want to see, we want to try to measure ourselves up and see how godly we are according to the man of God. Or we want to see how holy and godly we are uh, compared to Brother Joe Floyd. Or, But listen, we can try to compare ourselves with one another all day. But you don't need to compare yourselves with that. Compare yourself with the one that matters. Uh, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. Uh, how do you measure up uh, uh, when we are, are being measured against uh, the Lord's holiness? Because you'll understand real quick that we've all fell short of the glory of God. You'll understand and know that we all have drawn short and how unholy that we actually are. Look at his position, Psalm 24 and verse number 3. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in His holy place? God is holy. Heaven is a holy place for holy people. 
I believe you and I today, although our righteousness are as filthy rags, we can make a better impact and a larger impact for the kingdom of God if we will live holy lives ourselves. Amen. Listen, I know that we're going to stumble sometimes. And I know that we're going to fail God sometimes. We all have and we've all been there. But may I say unto you, there's nothing wrong with striving toward a place of holiness to where we could live right before others. Listen, don't be one of these kind that are, are one way on Sunday and Wednesday and another way the rest of the week because people will look at you and say, look at that man right there. He goes to church and he sings and he does this and he teaches Sunday school on Sunday, but during the week he's, he's just living like the devil himself. Listen, don't let that be your testimony tonight. Let the testimony be a glowing testimony for God. Allow uh, the Lord to use you uh, as you try your best to live your life for God. Because we are in the process of growing in Christ. We are in the process of sanctification, if you will. Being set apart uh, and moving toward the cause uh, of Christ. Look at the purity in His personality. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 15. The Bible Bible says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. In other words, Christ was tempted as we are, yet He had no sin. The problem is, uh, you and I that are tempted, we often fall into the temptation. But Christ, uh, often being tempted, uh, never did one time sin. Uh, He is pure without spot. Uh, That's what made Him God. Uh, That's what made Him the sinless Lamb uh, that died for you and I and took our sins away from us. Uh, You can see His personality tonight is holy. Amen. Number two, I see His promises that are holy. I see the assurity of that in Numbers chapter number 23 and verse number 19. God is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of man that He should repent. Hath He said, and shall He do it, not do it? Or hath He spoken, and shall He not make it good? God does not change His mind in that fashion. God will keep His Word. Amen. If He says that He's going to never leave you or nor forsake you, I guarantee you He'll never, Mr. McKinney, leave you nor forsake you. Amen. It doesn't matter how sick we may get or no matter what we may go through in life. And some of you have been through a lot. You've been through deaths. You've been through sickness. But I bet all of you can testify to this fact that He never left you alone. Amen. He was always there with you all the time. Even through your sickness. Even through losing your loved ones. Even through the darkest days of your life. He was always there. And He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I believe that to be the gospel truth today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise His holy name. I see that surety there. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 40 and verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. You know what that means? Listen, they can try to burn it. They can try to destroy it. They can try to rearrange it. But they can't do anything with it. For the Bible says that the Word of God will stand forever. How many of you have seen that on television? When The news, the news always gets uh, 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 some things right, okay? We know 90% of it's wrong most of the time. But anyway, have you ever seen on the local news... 
Hey, I've seen it on the national news some, but not as much as the local news. You'll see on the local news where a, a home has, has failed victim to a fire. And their house has been burnt down and everything was charred. And there's one person standing there. It might be a little old grandmother. And she's standing there with her Bible. And they said, we're sorry. What happened in the fire? And she goes and she tells her story. And then she says, but I have only one thing left out of my home that was in this fire. I've lost everything that I have. But I still have the precious Word of God. It's not even charred. It's not even burnt. It's still standing. I don't know how many stories uh, down through the years that I've seen on on the local news uh, and even on the national news uh, that they would come out and say, oh, but the Word of God was not touched in this fire. Everything was charged. Say, listen, the world may fall tomorrow, but the Word of God will still stand. Amen. Aren't you glad we know the book's true? It's true from the very beginning, true to the very end, and it's going to stand forever. Amen. God's promises are holy. Listen, there. It's sinless. Look at James chapter 5, verse number 16. His promises are holy. But how how is He holy? His promise is holy because He was a sinless God. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice, we must confess our sins and be righteous. Then the Lord will answer prayer and keep His promises. You see, God's going to keep His promises. And I'm glad I can have a one-on-one relationship with God tonight to where I can go through Jesus Christ the Son, my advocate, my high priest, and, uh, and speak directly unto God. And you can do the same tonight. You don't have to have me to go to God on your behalf. And I'll be glad to do that. Oh, everybody in this building, listen, I know most of you, you will go on your behalf for somebody else and try to pray and try to help them in their time of need. Look at the standard that's given in John chapter 15 and verse number 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. See, for every promise there are conditions which must be met. Here is a must. We must abide in Him. Abide in Him. You see, because, and I'm saying this because we have to have these requirements in order if we're going to have prayer answered. If we've got the sin in our life uh, and we're not living close to God, you may not have God to answer that prayer in the time or the fashion that you would want it to be answered. It's settled. Look at Titus chapter 1 and verse number 2. The Bible says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie Promised before the world began. We've got hope of eternal life. And God cannot lie. And He has promised us that before the world even began. He can't lie. If He can't lie, He's going to keep His promises. Amen. His holiness and His promises are there. The promises are holy promises. Amen. But let's look at number three. His plan is holy tonight. God's plan for His people is for us to be holy. Look at the plea in 2 Corinthians 6.17. I love this scripture. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. In other words, we're to live different than sinners. Are to live. We're to live different than the world 
lives. Amen. A lot of people don't put a lot of stock in that. But listen, when I first got saved, I had no clue about what the Word of God said. I did not even know that 2 Corinthians 6.17 was in the Word of God. But I knew that when I got saved, God had forgiven me and I had stepped out of an old life and God had given me a new. I knew in my heart and in my life that I didn't go back to those things that had me bound. I knew that I was supposed to live a life of righteousness because a righteous God God had saved my soul. And yet then after that, I found the scripture. Wherefore, come out among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Now, what does that mean? It means simple. Live right. Amen. Do what's right no matter what. We was talking in Sunday school this morning. Listen, uh, people will get ridiculed in the day in which we live uh, when you try to do right. People will uh, 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 frown upon you uh, uh, when you try to do right. I've had people to come to me and say, Well, I don't understand why you preach that. You're throwing rocks at us. Uh, you, we know we're the only one in here that uh, partakes in that particular sin. Now listen to how this uh, sounds tonight. You know, and, and, and I wasn't throwing rocks. I was just preaching the Word of God. Oh, but you listen, if you preach on the family one more time, uh, we're just going to all quit. Well, just like Brother Richard said this morning, we'll hold the door for you. Amen. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to be cruel. But listen, let us preach, thus saith the Word of God. Let's not tiptoe tip through the tulips uh, and try to just pick out things that, uh, you know, will satisfy us and, and uh, pick out things that uh, uh, may make us feel good. Uh, let's uh, look at the whole counsel of God's Word. Amen. His plan is holy. Here, here's the plea. Come out from among them. But there's a purging there that takes place. Second Corinthians 7 and verse number 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Do you think God wants us to live holy today? Hey, listen, the very few people uh, seem to believe that today. But I'm here to tell you, God done something in me. I don't want to go back Amen. to those places. I don't want to do live the way that I used to live. Because there's been a purging that's took place. And there's a plea on behalf of God that we've already read. Come out from among them and be ye separate. His plan is holy. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Whoa! Wow! The love of God's not in him if he loves the world. Look at the next verse. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want to do the will of God tonight. I want to live a life uh, uh, and, and try my best to be in the center of God's plan and in the center of God's will. His plan has purity. His plan is holy. Let's look at Hebrews 12 and 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, which no man shall see the Lord. Without, excuse me, let me read that again. Follow peace with all men and holiness without, which no man shall see the Lord. That's pretty plain to me. We need holiness in our lives if we're going to see God. 
Amen. Well, how do we gain that holiness in our life? Well, it's, it comes about by having a true conversion. I have noticed in the life of the ministry, in the life of pastoring people, many people have professions, but they don't have possessions. In other words, they're claiming to have salvation, but deep down inside the devil has slipped them a counterfeit. And I can tell you the devil does that that exact same thing. He slips you a counterfeit and tries to make you believe that you're something that you're not. But when Jesus comes inside for real, and you really mean business with Him, and He forgives you of your sin, and writes your name in the Lamb's book of life, it makes a difference. Amen. You get up talking different, you get up acting different, you get up wanting to be respectful, you get up wanting to do the right things in the eyes of God, and my friend, I want to see the plan come to fruition. His purity in His plan. We was talking about the plan earlier, Brother Joe, and Joe come up to me, he said, Preacher, you know, I just realized something. I said, what is it? He said, and he started talking about the McCoys, and he started talking about uh, some of you, and, and, and some of the Weinbrenners, and, and, and Brother Joe, and some of the rest and he just started going down through the history of the last few years of our church. And he comes together and, he, and he, he's thinking of everybody. He's not leaving anybody out. He's starting to name names. And I'm leaving them out for the sake of time tonight. But he starts naming the names up to Aaron and his dad. And, and, and he said, Preacher, I just realized God's working all this thing out. God's working his, this thing out for His good. He said, I don't understand why God done this, that, and the other. But I can see where God has a plan and it's coming together. And God has a plan that's foolproof. He has a plan of righteousness. He has a plan of holiness and purity. But let's look at the persistence. 1 Timothy 5 and 22. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Huh. Keep thyself pure. Is that difficult for people today? Yeah. It's difficult. But by the grace of God, by the mighty hand of God, we can remain pure. By the mighty hand of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God, we can be persistent in our walk And not be partakers of man's sin. Because you see the world is full of sin. And the world will try to pull you into their corner. But let me tell you something. There's nothing in the world that can satisfy you like God can satisfy you. The world just wants to wad you up like yesterday's newspaper. And throw you in the trash. That's not for the child of God today. The child of... Listen, you've got friends in the the family of God. All of you that are saved today, you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen, the ground is level at the cross. I may have been called to preach. Let me say that again. I have been called to preach. You may have not been. But you know what? You're just as saved as I am. Huh? God's given Daniel a talent. But you're just as saved as he is. God's given Ricky a talent. You're just as saved as I am. Josh can sing like a bird. He's got a talent. Brother Jimmy, you're just as saved as he is. Sister Barbara, you're just as saved as the rest of us. Amen. Listen, we've all got our talents that God's given us. And, but, but listen, I've been in a situation where 
I've seen God take talent away. Because they didn't use it for the glory of God. Keep yourselves pure. Keep yourself in the practice. But let's look at the promise tonight. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Amen. Praise the Lord. That ought to make worth living right. Yeah. Amen. That ought to make it worth it all. For blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Amen. In other words the pure in heart's going to see God. Hey, if we can't live pure now, we'd feel out of place in heaven. Do you know heaven's going to be a noisy place? (laughs) Some of y'all that don't like to shout, you might feel out of place in heaven. Because there's going to be a lot of praising and a shouting and a worshiping God going on. Amen. Why is it? Because it is a place of holiness. It's a place of holiness. And since God is holy, I'm trying to relate this to you tonight. And let's twist it right here uh, to from going from God to us. And, the, and speaking of holiness, Him saying, For He's holy, we ought to be holy. Since God is holy, all Christians ought to live a holy life. Holy and first of all, our conduct. Galatians 5.16 Our conduct. The Bible says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, you won't have a very difficult time trying to fight off sin. If you're walking in the Spirit and staying busy for God, you won't be tempted as much in your walk with the Lord. You see, Satan loves an idle mind. In other words, we've got a lot of time on our hands and our mind becomes idle... Satan begins to pick. Every murderer started out with a thought in somebody's mind. Every adulterous act started out with a thought in somebody's mind. Every uh, 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 fornication that takes place started with a thought in somebody's mind. And the mind is a playground for Satan. But if we'll stay busy in righteousness, if we'll stay busy for the Lord, if we'll walk in the Spirit each and every day, have our prayer time, have our Bible time, have our time alone to meditate with God, having our time to come together in worshiping Him, uh, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh according to the Word of God. And we've already established that the Word of God's true. It's going to stand forever. And God cannot lie. Amen. Amen. Holy in our conduct. But number two, holy in our character. 1 Corinthians 9.27 But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, Paul says I myself should be a castaway. In other words, Paul is dying daily to the cross of Calvary. He's having to crucify the flesh daily. But he says keeping his body under subjection. Bringing it under subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, if he don't keep his own self in line, how can he help keep someone else? And preach? In other words, let me say it this way. How can I preach to you something that I'm not going to practice myself? I can't do it. I can't preach to you something that I cannot practice myself. Because... That would make me the biggest hypocrite in the world. So I have to try to live my life the best way I know how. Walking in the Spirit of God. Bringing my life under subjection. You see, in our conduct, we should be holy. In our character, we should be holy. 
And in our conversation, we should be holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. The Bible says, But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all matter of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. See, since God is holy, He demands in His Word that we live holy. Is that a requirement of being saved? Well, listen, I let me say this. I, I don't believe you can say it's a requirement of being saved, but once you're saved, you'll want to live holy. Right. Amen. Amen. So, yes, it is in a way a requirement. But it's not required upon you. It is something that you'll want to do voluntarily. I want to live for the Lord. I want to live for His mercy. I want to live for His grace. I want to live the life, Brother Joe Floyd, where people can see Christ in me. If you've seen Todd Black today in the messages that I've preached to you, I have failed you miserably. I want you to see Jesus. I'm nothing today. I'm nothing but flesh. I Listen, just an old Mill Hill boy trying to preach the Word of God to a dying world. And listen, I want to try to live my life for Him. I want to encourage you tonight to try to live your life with Him. And for Him. You may be here tonight and say, Well, preacher, I'm failing in many ways. Well, you know what we can do tonight? We can come to an altar of prayer. We can repent. We can get up and we can be different when we leave here. And we can make a commitment unto ourselves and make a commitment unto God and say, Lord, I want to live differently. I want to live a holy life because you've demanded it in your word. You're demanding that we live holy. And it's all because God is holy. We're as Christians, we're called Christians because we're to be Christ-like. And since God is holy, He demands that we live holy. I want you to stand across this sanctuary tonight. Whatever your need may be, this altar is open. But let me say this. God is a thrice holy God. His plan is holy. His promises are holy. His personality is holy. Holy. Go ahead and put First Peter back up there if you would. First Peter chapter 1 verse 16. Because it is written. Be ye holy. For I am holy. I fail God miserably. Listen you don't have to commit grotesque sins to fail God. There's sins of commission. There's ones that commit sins openly and knowingly and commit those sins. And yet, there's some sins of omission. We fail to do those things which God has required of us. And that, the book of James says, is a sin as well. If I know that I should witness to an individual and I don't, then I've failed God. I've sinned against God. If I know to read my Bible and pray without ceasing, and I know what that's what the Word of God says, and if I don't do that, I believe I'm sinning and I'm failing God. How about we just gather on an altar of prayer tonight and pray, Lord... Help me to live a holy life for Thee. Help me to be more holy. Help me to be that light on a hill to where people can see Christ in me. We don't want people to see us because we can't save anybody. But if people can see Christ in us, you may become one of the greatest soul winners ever known. And that is my prayer for you tonight. Father in heaven, God, we thank You, Lord, for Your many blessings. We thank You, Jesus, for... Lord, being that holy God that became our supreme sacrifice to where we can be saved and to where we can 
Lord, come together in righteousness and holiness and accept the challenge of being a thrice holy God. Lord, whatever the need may be as these are gathering on the altar to pray, I pray in Jesus' name you'll help us to live holy before you. In Christ's name we ask. Amen and amen. You come as these are praying today.